0: Welcome to America This Week. I'm Matt Taibbi,
1: And I'm Walter Kern. How
0: are you doing, Walter? I'm
1: doing well. I'm ensconced in an anonymous New York City hotel room waiting out the climate apocalypse or, <laughs> you know, the smoke from Canada. Which, of <laughs> course, to me, being a Montanan most of the time is not at all um, alarming because we spend an ent- entire August under a, uh, you know, cloud of wildfire smoke. But to see it among the Art Deco skyscrapers of Midtown Manhattan is a little interesting.
0: I mean, it's it's pretty funny because we're going to be talking about um, Isaac Asimov's Nightfall uh, later, but yeah. the panic in uh, people in the Tri State area over this this um, incident is is kind of amazing. Like they they shut down all kinds of things, even in the suburbs. Like people were acting like it was you know the, the nuclear winter had happened. Oh, I was seeing on Twitter, you know, what am I going to do? I
1: can't take my dog out to relieve itself. <laughs> and I was thinking, no, you can and you will under right. enough pressure. Um, but, it, you know, I also saw the the Chinese newspaper that's sometimes, you know, uh, put out in New York on certain corners, um, the kind of propaganda paper. And it had. I would say gloating headlines about the climate problems in New York. And, and, and these pictures of this, uh, you know, midtown Manhattan red sky, sort of blurry, uh, post-apocalyptic Manhattan were so exaggerated compared to the actual Manhattan. I was seeing framing the newspaper boxes, um, I don't know what kind of filters they put on the photos, but uh, they were uh, alarmist to say the
0: least. How many news stories have we had now where where the expected audience reaction is just complete panic and people are supposed to run around the room screaming in terror? I mean, w- 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 that's just like the normal state of being now for almost any major news story. Uh, the pandemic tap. is coming. your right. Yeah. Exactly. We've yeah. We, we've we've moved the dial on panic to a ele- permanent 11. Um, <laughs> I actually have a, this one goes through 11 cups somewhere. Uh, <laughs> it just has the 11 on it. Um, well, news after a calm, relatively calm week uh, last week, news has definitely gone to 11 this week. Last night, the expected news broke that Donald Trump has been indicted. What, what, what's been the most, um, crazy, hysterical, over the top reaction that you've seen so far. Um
1: well, you know, there are obviously two kinds of reactions. The the we finally got him. America is free, the wicked witch is dead. Uh smooth sailing from here on out. Donald Trump is going to be taken off the game board on the right or I guess you might call it the right you see, well, it's only a t- it's only a matter of time till we're, we're all in camps. Um, <laughs> and I did actually see that this morning on Twitter from you know someone with about a million, uh, uh, you know, an audience of about a million. So, but but that this is a left right issue, I think, is uh, is debatable. Um, it is a first no matter what you think in politics or no matter how you vote, um, to have a presidential candidate and a former president indicted on federal charges. We definitely have passed some sort of Rubicon, and the people who made this decision, I imagine, have looked down the game board. They're all chess players. They don't just do things and then wait to find out what happens. They've are we sure about that? Well, I, I maybe that's me consoling myself. Right, uh, you know, thinking that there is some strategy among the the powers that be, but maybe not. Maybe they just uh you know, threw this hairdryer into the bathtub and and are waiting to see, you know, whether it electrocutes. <laughs> <laughs> let's to see what eating. happens. Yeah, let's put the kitten in the microwave and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: but, but I, I'd like to think they've at least thought three steps ahead. Um, yeah, at least a couple. I mean, let's 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 console ourselves with that for the time being. Um, yeah. I so so my reaction to this was similar to the the first indictment, which is if you're going to take the extreme step of indicting the likely nominee of the opposition party, yeah. um, the, the case has to meet two two fairly simple tests. It has to be really serious and it it has to be a pretty good case. Um, The first one doesn't meet either of those tests. The Manhattan case, like it clearly is, I mean, it's, it's barely even a crime. It would only, it's only a crime according to uh, this arcane legal theory, which has never been proven before in a court. Um, And I think they'd have, they'd have a lot of work to do to get there. And, you know, who's going to say that paying off a prostitute um, or I'm sorry, not a prostitute, a, a porn star uh, to, right, right. you know, keep quiet like that. It's pretty tough to call that like an earth shattering uh, matter of you know national security. Here we have um, sort of a crime that the current president has basically already admitted to um, doing the same thing. And it involves this the Espionage Act, uh, which has been abused repeatedly going back the last 15 years or so in a variety of cases. And Barack Obama sets the record for using it against leakers. It's used in the, the Assange case in an extremely dubious way. Um, and so he may be guilty of this, right? There, there may actually be a mishandling of documents. Um, so it, it, it may meet that test but in terms of the seriousness of it uh what the the average person is going to look at this and say it's it, it's a politicized investigation the same way they did the first one Don't, uh, no uh it it seems to me that that's the, that's going to be the reaction first of all it's going to
1: remain a mystery apparently what the documents actually are um there seems to be no prospect of finding out what these sensitive documents were, which, which, uh, causes one to imagine a terrible rug pull when they when they turn out to be pictures of him with, you know, Kim, Kim, uh, or, 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 you know, him and tiger woods shaking hands or something, uh, with a big trophy between them. Uh, but, uh, well we'll 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 assume that they are somewhat more serious than that these underlying documents, but I see no reason if you're a trump supporter or if you are a a neutral party who's just concerned about precedent and you know the future of uh, democracy, as they say um, I, I see no reason why you should imagine this is anything other than political it is the latest in a series of uh prosecutorial gestures toward trump that go back years and years and years all of the previous i guess except bragg have turned out because that hasn't been adjudicated yet have turned out to be vaporous and uh even somewhat hysterical and to have been backed by uh, partisan forces. So, uh, why this should be any different, I don't know. In other words, if, if the threshold here is to convince Trump supporters or the neutral, uh, onlooker that this is in fact a grave and serious prosecution, um, I don't think that's been met and I don't think it's like it will be. Um, because, what we don't have is any real timeline on this prosecution. Is it something that's going to go on for the entirety of the presidential election? Is it going to be concluded before then? And one can't help but note that we are now in the fundraising season, you know, for a uh, for, uh, presidential election. Primaries haven't started. But in some way, the most important uh, phase of the modern presidential election when you raise the billion dollars necessary to run for president is in full force and i can't imagine this will help donald trump raise money for his election and it will in fact i'm sure dissuade a lot of people from 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 donating you think Uh, well the big donors yeah
0: sure the big donors maybe yeah
1: um yeah you know, I don't know the breakdown on what kind of, how much this is a, a, a Trump campaign is a sort of retail small donor effort and how much of it is, you know, taking money from people who give you half a million, billion, whatever. Um, but, you know, in the Repo- on the Republican side, we've been looking at uh, DeSantis pulling in these commitments of 10, 20 million dollars. Um, from big people, you know, Bigelow out and and many others. Uh, Reed Hoffman, I believe. Um, and I don't think people are going to be making that kind of investment in a indicted candidate. Maybe I'm wrong.
0: This reminds me though of 2016 when remember George? I'm sorry, Jeb Bush. Yeah, he, You know, he got $150 million, uh, heading into the primary season and for that $150 million in donations, he had, he got three delegates
1: mm-hmm. and,
0: you know, he never, never crept above barely viable in the polls. Uh, and DeSantis for all the money that he's raising and all the exposure that he's getting, he's still down 40 plus points in every major survey that I've seen. um. I, I I think this kind of stuff redounds to Trump's benefit. I do. I mean, like if, if it were the, the the problem with these prosecutions is is that it, it if it were something where the ordinary person could understand the that the, there was something very morally serious going on, if he was being charged with January 6th, for instance, something, mm-hmm. some, some kind of involvement in a plot to legitimately forestall. Uh, the transfer of power. I think that would give a lot of people pause or, you know, the Georgia case, depending on how they decide to proceed with that, this, this idea of getting in, getting in the middle of counting votes or trying to intimidate election officials, people can process what that means and why that's important and why you might want to prosecute a presidential candidate. This is going to look like persecution in the middle of a year where the, the abuse of government power is probably you know it's maybe the one of the most important issues in in the entire election cycle um well so- it was it was pointed out by uh
1: trump defenders and other republicans that the same day this uh indictment is uh becomes news you also have in the congress uh, uh a, a committee that's taking that uh, that 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 is receiving evidence of biden corruption and, and possible bribery by unknown international uh parties so uh the overlap between those two is you know it it's not like it's eisenhower versus a mobster uh it, it's uh two people who for various reasons are thought to be Corrupt by those who dislike them, and um, it's not the contrast between a Boy Scout and a uh, uh, scurrilous, known scurrilous character. It's it's a competition between two people who whose partisans think, I think, with some reason that 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 each other are are terrible and 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 have committed crimes. Almost of a kind of unprecedented boldness, um, and uh, strangely, though the, the crimes that Biden is at this point being accused of, but not indicted for, are are are, are fairly tabloid worthy, as it were, you know, uh, and stand in the great tradition of political corruption. Whereas the retention of documents is a harder thing to get emotionally upset about, unless you believe those documents to be of, you know, intense national security relevance.
0: Well, yeah, and this goes back to the way the story was initially reported when they had the raid at Mar-a-Lago. Remember, we cycled through all these different uh, sort of explanations in the media about why what might be happening and why they might be doing the raid. There was the whole Trump might be selling nuclear secrets story that was bandied about real seriousness. I mean, we had stories in the daily beast, the rolling stone, um, Washington post, uh, you know, there were sort of like Alice's restaurant. They had the the 28 by seven color glossy photos with the circles and arrows. I mean, there there were diagrams of all the, the things that he might've had. And, Mm -hmm. um, we had, former national security officials who went on tv and and said uh you know the mishandling of state secrets they were really implying that that this was not just mere carelessness but that this was some kind of a a fiendish uh intentional decision to maybe share you know the, these documents with a hostile power um, and they cycled through a number of these uh, different versions of the story which is why it's important, as you point out, that they're not going to tell us what the documents, the, the seven mishandled documents are that they're charging over. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I just, again, I,
1: I, 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 I I'm going to exercise common sense here and tell you that it's hard for me to believe that Donald Trump, after seven years of. Prosecutorial hounding over the smallest issue suddenly was brazen enough to try to retain uh, incredibly sensitive national security documents and say, screw you, to those who wanted them. Uh, uh, unless he had a kind of death wish, uh, that probably, w- and, and there's no reason to believe he does, um, that probably wouldn't be. Um, a plausible uh, scenario for his behavior. Um, He's protesting his innocence in the strongest terms and he's doing it instantly, which is predictable, but at the same time suggests to me that he genuinely doesn't feel he, he's done anything wrong. Um, uh, But the problem is not the case, you know, For anyone who's observing this from more than five feet away, uh, the problem is that we now have a presidential election which is basically in the hands of our judiciary Um, and a judiciary run by the opposing party. Um, And it would have been one thing if his own party had, for whatever reason, decided to prosecute him or if an outgoing president who wasn't running again had decided that that would be if he was a democrat a, of course a little dubious or a lot dubious but to have your actual opponent likely opponent personally uh and today i saw in the it, 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 in the news cnn talking about how you know, and really CNN acting on behalf of the administration, talking about how Biden wasn't going to get down in the weeds with this thing. He was going to carry on with some very, uh, sort of sober and boring, uh, speeches he's giving and was going to project calm and his projection of calm was going to stand in deep and stark contrast to the chaos on the Trump side. Um, it was almost as though this CNN story was being written by the, you know, White House strategy office. Here's how to look good, in contrast to Donald Trump right now.
0: Is that unbelievable? Though I mean, the the lines between these cable outlets and you know the White House are getting blurrier and blurrier all the time. I mean, we we have Jen Psaki is one of the lead. Uh, voices on msnbc i can't tell the difference between jen Psaki, the news reader and jen Psaki, the uh the white house spokesperson i all. actually think i think the cable i think the cable
1: channels that are friendly to the president do a better job of advocating for him than his own people frankly mm-hmm. uh his own press conferences are something of a hapless spectacle usually but uh they're They're pretty smooth and polished on the cable channels and and I think they have the best of his defenders hired on those uh you know corporate seats versus the uh civil servants that get up in the white House Matt, here's how I really see this thing you know to put my cards on the table the uh the disinformation complex the media control complex, the discourse engineering complex is all in place. And in a sense, it now has its Gulf War. Um, I think what we're going to see going forward, and I'm just going to be a kind of narrative speculator here, is a lot of conflict around the Trump indictment, some of which is going to grow quite intense some of which may involve civil disobedience um, and might even break out in some kind of violent conflict. The street, you know, street matters. Maybe people with their trucks blocking uh, interstates or whatever, things like that. And all of that is going to take place in the context of a, 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 an information control regime of great power and great uh, flexibility. So just as CNN was said to sort of be made as a station by the Gulf War, I think the new disinformation um, regime will come into play in massaging, directing, and guiding the intense conflict that will come of the Trump indictment. And, and uh, in other words, here is its test case. We will essentially have January 6th on a national scale. That's my fear. Um, and that this will be pushed to critical levels and all these dials and knobs that they turn uh, wherever they turn them to try to adjust our conversation are going to be turned passionately and incessantly. And that is the part I don't look forward to um, because I think this is now the pretext for a total... um Intervention by the machinery of uh, censorship, disinformation studies and uh, m- content moderation at the largest level.
0: Well, right. And and this 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 gets to there was a story that came out this week by uh, Lee Fong um, who who sent out a, um, you know, a FOIA request and got back. Uh, some pretty shocking information about who funded the election integrity partnership about which we, you know, there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of reporting in the Twitter files. Uh, essentially, um, what Lee finds out is that the election integrity partnership, which is sort of a dry run for, uh, the first, the virality project, which was the sort of cross platform, uh, effort at aggregating uh quote unquote disinformation about the virus um then there was a similar effort having to do with responses to ukraine war um but the um but the e i p uh, was in uh at least in part the, the the was funded by uh what's called the democracy fund which is funded by Pierre Ahmidiar, who is a huge Biden donor. Um, this went to the Center for Internet Security. And unfortunately I have a lot of reason to be very familiar with that organization because I that's one of the mistakes I made. I, I screwed up CIS and CISA, if you remember if you remember in that right, from this right, interview. Right, right. So uh, Acronym Gate. Yeah, acronym GATE so CIS, th- it turns out it, it had received money b- from DHS that year, but also it had a, a big donation from uh, the Democracy Fund, which is Omidyar. And th- this is where you start getting into you know, the kind of the weeds of what the problem is with this anti-disinformation world. If you start mixing in private money and with, uh, with these various structures that are doing things like flagging items. You know, for content moderation or deamplification, and it turns out that those those donors have political sympathies in one direction or another. Then what are we talking about here? I mean, we're talk we're talking about kind of it's a, it's a new form of information control. Once once upon a time, there was a reason why uh, the candidate that raised the most money almost always won. On the one hand, it had to do with the fact that the Canada got more exposure, but there was also this sort of secondary, uh, factor, which is that local news stations didn't want to upset their best advertisers. Um, mm-hmm. so they shaded coverage a certain way, uh, mm-hmm. when they covered uh, campaigns, like they would, they tended to be harsher in the direction of, you know, a Bernie Sanders or Dennis Kucinich or Ron Paul, because they're just not going to get as much money from those folks. Um, right. so what happens when, there's more money flowing in uh, into this anti-disinformation complex from one set of political actors than from another. Um, that's pretty worrying. I think it's, it, 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 you add to this, some, something that has a controversial bent uh, like the Trump case where they can find pretexts for banning people or for dialing them down. Right. I mean, with, with J six, they, they use the these tools to get people off the internet, to, you know, to remove them from the ability to process credit card transactions. Uh, this stuff is all, it's all next level, you know? Uh, yeah. Listen, the, the, the private funding
1: of what is essentially informational infrastructure surrounding public events like elections is about as, to me, forbidding and foreboding as, as could be. Uh, we saw in the 2020 election Mark Zuckerberg uh, basically privately funding a network of, of drop bo- ballot drop boxes across the country. Now, we also know that Omidyar um, funded, to some extent, a uh, content moderation, uh, to, to be uh, mild about it, or even a censorship uh, machine that operated on behalf of one party. And they did this in conjunction with U S government forces. Right. right. I mean, uh, you know, it wasn't just that he donated to the campaign or, or created some uh, module for the use of the campaign. They interfaced with the actual USG to do this. um, this looks like the creation of a one-party state in conjunction with corporate power. Uh, I, I don't know how else you describe it. Um, and, uh, you know, will it cause America to feel more secure in its sense of our democracy being an honest project? Not at all. It, it, it is... the it's going to breed cynicism at levels you couldn't even imagine before, because frankly, I couldn't imagine these projects even occurring <laughs> before. I mean, these were not; these are not; these are what they call in you know math or physics discontinuities. They they could not have been expected five ten years ago. They're they're, they're rather sudden developments that uh, that show a new uh, a new fusion of power in a a new direction that wasn't, we couldn't anticipate. Right. Um, So, so with the Trump story, here's what I expect just to be uh, very specific. If you go off your nut on Twitter as a Trump supporter and say, this is it. I've had it. I don't want to be a part of this country anymore. We need to find a new way. Here comes a civil war, et cetera. Well, your demerits are piling up pretty fast. Um, the knob turners are watching at every step as anger and uh, disgust uh, mount. And, you know, should any of this uh, emerge as real conflict, you know, somebody pulls out a gun. Uh, there is a clash between uh, Antifa and whoever, the Patriot Front. And then people weigh in on that or start to align themselves around, you know, incidents. We're going to have a mushroom cloud of anti-disinformation warfare. Um and, and I fully expect that's what we're looking at. I mean, I don't want to be alarmist, and I don't want to... If you're hearing this message, you're listening to the free version of America This Week. To hear the full version, please subscribe at www.racket.news.